What you think, you see, and you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Welcome to the Think Better, Live Better podcast. We're your hosts, Mark and Angel Chernoff. New York Times bestselling authors and creators of the popular blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life. Today's episode is seven brutal lessons that ultimately make life beautiful. The reason for our suffering in all walks of life is our resistance to the truth. Sometimes it's brutally hard to accept life's greatest lessons, and yet we must because it's lessons like these that ultimately make our lives beautiful by showing us how to thrive even through the toughest of times. One, happiness doesn't start with a relationship, a vacation, a job, or money. It starts with your thinking and what you tell yourself every day. You know, typically when I ask someone, how are you? They reply, I'm okay. But this morning, the attendant at a gas station replied, oh, I'm absolutely marvelous. Her enthusiastic response made me smile. So I asked her what was making her feel so marvelous. She continued, I'm healthy. My son and daughter are both healthy, and we all have access to clean water and food and shelter and so much more. So I don't have any good reason not to be positive. The difference was simply her attitude and her choice of words. After listening to her, she she wasn't really necessarily any better off than anyone else I spoke to this morning but she sure seemed a lot happier and more in tune with herself. For many of us, I suspect that sometime between the innocent delight that we start out with in life and the grim acceptance of grown-up responsibility, we slip into an unintentional and subconscious mindset of burden that fuels lots of negative self-talk. Just think about how you tend to talk about your average day. Suppose you have a daily to-do list you're working through and a friend or colleague asks you what you're doing with your day. So you reply, I have to respond to these work emails and I have to visit my new client's office and I, I have to go to my daughter's dance rehearsal after work. Talking about your responsibilities in this way does nothing but make them feel like a drag, a heavy set of weights dropped upon your shoulders, things you have to force yourself to do, all of these burdensome have-to, have-to, have-to chores. But what if you simply changed your answers from I have to to I get to. It's just a one-word difference that can make a big difference in how you think and subsequently feel and behave. Give it a try. Because the truth is, if you don't like something, you can either change it or you can change the way you think about it. And the latter is often the best first step. Each and every day, the real battle takes place in your mind. If you're defeated in your thoughts, you've already lost. So why not set yourself up for a win today? Be reasonably positive. There's a lot of great things that you get to do in life. Lesson number two. If you want something in life, you have to also want the cost of getting it. Most people want the reward without the risk. The shine without the grind. But you can't have a destination without a journey. And a journey always has cost. At the very least, you have to invest your time and energy into it every step of the way. So instead of thinking about what you want, first ask yourself, what am I willing to give up to get it? Or for those inevitable hard days, what is worth suffering for? Seriously, think about it. 
If you want the six-pack abs, you have to want the sore muscles, the sweaty clothes, the mornings and afternoons at the gym, and the healthy meals. If you want the successful business, you have to also want the long days, the stressful business deals and decisions, and the possibility of failing 20 times to learn what you need to know to succeed in the long run. But if you catch yourself wanting something day in and day out, month after month, yet you never take action and thus you never make any progress, then maybe you don't really want it after all because you're not willing to suffer through the effort and work it's going to take to achieve it. But if you decide that you do want it, then take a long, hard look at your daily routines and activities and ask yourself another question. Based on my daily routines and actions, where can I expect to be in a year from now? This question can be helpful because if you have an idea about what you want the next chapter of your life to look like, you have to consistently do things that support this idea. An idea, after all, isn't going to do anything for you until you do something productive with it. In fact, as long as that great idea is just sitting around in your head, it's doing far more harm than good. Your subconscious mind knows you're procrastinating on something that's important to you. The required work that you keep postponing causes stress, fear, anxiety, and usually more procrastination. A vicious cycle that continues to worsen until you interrupt it with a positive action. Number three, no matter how hard you work, you can't have everything you want. Eventually, most of us end up settling in some part of our lives. We let go of certain ideals and dreams, we compromise, and we make trade-offs. We gradually learn that we can't have everything we want because not every outcome in life can be perfectly controlled. But if we pay close attention, we also learn that we can make the best of almost every outcome and still get a lot of what we do want in life if we manage our time, energy, and attitude appropriately. And these realizations collectively lead to an interesting question. When should you settle or compromise? And when should you continue fighting hard for what you ideally want to achieve? There is no one-size-fits-all answer to this question. But when you encounter a situation that forces you to choose between compromise and fighting forward against the opposition, it might be helpful to also ask yourself, do I really need this? Or do I just kind of want it? Being able to distinguish needs from wants is essential in every walk of life. Never let go of an outcome you truly need in your life, but be reasonably flexible on outcomes you want but could live fine without. In other words, choose your battles wisely and don't let perfect become the enemy of great. Remind yourself that what you pay attention to grows. So focus on what really matters and let go a little of what does not. Don't give up 50% of your life working 50 hours a week at a job that makes you absolutely miserable. Don't abandon your sanity for the wrong reasons. Don't neglect lifelong goals and dreams that have withstood the tests of time and still bring incredible meaning into your life. If you really need something, fight hard for it. But for everything else, let go a little, loosen your grip, compromise, settle up a bit, settle on less of the unessential to get more of what you really need and want in your life. Lesson number four. Your fantasies are your biggest enemies. The older you grow, the more quiet you become. Life humbles you gradually as you age. 
you realize how much nonsense you've wasted time on. The biggest nonsense creator of them all? Your mind and the fantasies it likes to project into every facet of your life. You've likely fantasized your way into headaches and heartaches hundreds of times in the past. And you aren't alone either. We all stress ourselves out because of fantasies. We all procrastinate to the point of failure because of fantasies. We all get angry with others, with ourselves, and with the world at large because of fantasies. We all miss out on many of life's most beautiful and peaceful moments because of fantasies. This might seem hard to believe at first, so let's look at some super common examples. When we wake up and immediately start fantasizing and worrying about all the things we have to do, we aren't really doing anything but adding stress to an otherwise pleasant morning. When we fear the potential of failure, we procrastinate in response to our fear. Our fearful fantasies force us to miss great opportunities for success. Another example, when someone upsets us, this is often because they aren't behaving according to our fantasy of how they should behave. The frustration then stems not from their behavior, but from how their behavior differs from our fantasy. When we think about making a healthy change in our lives, like getting in shape, we are initially inspired by the fantasy of what life will feel like when we're getting healthier. But that's not reality. So when the reality of working hard to exercise and eat right surfaces, and it doesn't match up with our inspiring fantasy, we give up. When we're having a conversation with someone, we're distracted with fantasies of how this person views us, or we're distracted by our propensity to fantasize about how to respond before they even finish talking. And thus, we miss the opportunity to connect more deeply with them. When we move through our days, our minds are stuck fantasizing about other times and places. And so we miss the pleasant surprises and simple pleasures surrounding us. Of course, sometimes we get out of our own heads long enough to focus on the present and make the best of it. But it's not often enough. So you remind yourself, as often as necessary, to see the moment for what it really is, not what you think it should be. Accept it so you can make the best of it. Move through each day and practice seeing life as it is. Do what you have to do without worrying and fearing the worst, lamenting about what might happen or obsessing over how difficult your work is. Just begin. Take it one step at a time and do the best you can. See others for who they are and accept them without needless judgments. Choose not to allow their behavior to dominate your thoughts and emotions. Just be present and accepting. Then decide if you want to spend extra time with them. If not, part ways peacefully. Carry your presence with you wherever you go. Appreciate the little moments. Remind yourself that there are few joys in life that equal a good laugh, a good conversation, a good morning walk, a good afternoon hug, or a good deep breath at the end of the day. In the end, we can fantasize all we want, but it doesn't improve our reality. So let's replace our fantasies with full presence. 
and invest our best into what we've got right here, right now. Five, everyone and everything in life is limited. You can never read all the books you want to read. You can never train yourself in all the skill sets you want to have. You can never be all the things you want to be and live all the lives you want to live. You can never spend all the time you want with the people you love. You can never feel every possible color, tone, and variation of emotional and physical experience possible in life. You are incredibly limited, just like everyone else. In the game of life, we all receive a unique set of unexpected limitations and variables in the field of play. The question is, how will you respond to the hand you've been dealt? You can either focus on the lack thereof, or you can empower yourself to play the game sensibly and resourcefully, making the very best of every outcome as it arises, even when it's a bit heartbreaking and hard to accept. In the end, what matters most is to focus on what matters most. By doing so, you get to truly experience the various sources of beauty and opportunity in your life while each of them lasts. Let's take a moment to revisit the notion of being limited by the reality of not being able to spend all the time you want with somebody you love. When somebody you love passes away too soon, that's undoubtedly one of the most heartbreaking limitations to cope with, and the general principles for coping with this kind of tragic limitation are universally applicable to less severe situations too. So that's why I want to discuss this further. So imagine a person who gave meaning to your life is suddenly no longer in your life, at least not in the flesh, and you're not the same person without them. You have to change who you are. You're now a best friend who sits alone, a widow instead of a wife, a dad without a daughter, a next door neighbor to somebody new. You want life to be the way it was before death, but you know it never will be. Angel and I have dealt with the loss of siblings and best friends to illness and to suicide. So we know from experience that when you lose someone you can't imagine living without, your heart breaks wide open. And the bad news is you don't ever completely get over this loss. You will never, ever forget them. Yet, in a backwards way, this is also the good news. Because you see, death is an ending, which is actually a necessary part of living. And endings are necessary for beauty, too. Otherwise, it's impossible to appreciate someone or something because they're unlimited. Limits illuminate beauty, and death is absolutely the definitive limit in life. A reminder that you need to be aware of this beautiful person or situation and appreciate this beautiful thing called life. And death is also a beginning, because while you've lost someone special to you, this ending, like every loss, is a moment of reinvention. Although deeply, deeply sad, their passing forces you to reinvent your life. And in this reinvention is an opportunity to experience beauty in new, unseen ways and places. And finally, of course, death is an opportunity to celebrate a person's life and to be grateful for the priceless beauty they showed you. Lesson number six. Not everyone you trust will be trustworthy, and you're better off without some relationships. It was just a mistake, he said. But the really painful thing was, it felt like the biggest mistake was mine for trusting him. Can you relate in any way? I'm sure you can. Eventually, every one of us suffers from some kind of heart-wrenching betrayal. And in a backwards way, it's what unites us. 
When it happens to you, the key is to not let one person's despicable decisions destroy your trust in everyone else. Don't let them take that from you. Trust is essential to building and maintaining deep and meaningful connections. It is the foundation for all healthy relationships. Rebuilding trust after betrayal, of course, is not easy and sometimes not even appropriate with the person who betrayed you. But regardless of the details and what you ultimately decide to do with that particular relationship, the most important decision is who you decide to be after a betrayal. Do your best to be resourceful. People will come in and out of your life for different purposes in periods of time. Every one of them can be a teacher if you are willing to learn. Some lessons are far more painful than others, but all have the power to add to your strength of character. By processing a betrayal resourcefully, you are mining that experience for the pearls it holds so you can let go of the rest. The bottom line is that some people will only be there for you as long as you have something they need. When you no longer serve a purpose to them, they will leave. The good news is, if you tough it out, you'll eventually weed these people out of your life and be left with some great people you can count on. Just keep doing your best to spend time with nice people who are smart, driven, and like-minded. Relationships should help you, not hurt you. Surround yourself with people who reflect the person you want to be. Choose friends who you are proud to know, people you admire, who love and respect you, people who make your day a little brighter simply by being in it. Number seven, owning your truth can be hard, but not nearly as hard as spending your life running away from it. I don't think others like me. They like versions of me that I have somehow spun for them. Versions of me that they have invented in their minds. Versions of me with only the characteristics that are easy to like. But that's not who I really am, and it scares me. After all, who's going to like the guy that can't stop sucking guessing himself? The guy that cries, the guy that loses control sometimes, the guy that hides from his problems, the guy that keeps pushing everyone away. Who's going to like the real weaknesses in me? Who's going to like the real me? I wrote those lines in my journal 15 years ago when I was struggling through a mild bout of depression. What gradually healed me was my willingness to own my truth and be openly vulnerable about it. Doing so, of course, isn't easy. Being vulnerable means accepting who you are and having the courage to share it with the world. To show up, not as who you think you should be or who you want other people to think you are, but as the real you. And to be open and welcoming to who, however you know the world responds to that. It's risky, but not nearly as hazardous as giving up on true love and honesty and acceptance, the priceless experiences that make us the most vulnerable, right? That make us who we are. Only when we are brave enough to explore the dark corners of ourselves will we discover the hidden power of our inner light. So please remember, no matter what age or race or sex you are, underneath all your external decorations, you are a pure, beautiful being. You have light to shine and missions to accomplish. Celebrate being different, off the beaten path, a little on the weird side, your own special creation. If you find yourself feeling like a fish out of water, by all means, find a new stream to swim in. But don't deny yourself. Embrace yourself. Be you in a world that's trying to influence every move you make. 
take the road less traveled when it feels right under your feet. Do more than just exist. We all exist. The question is, do you live? Own your truth, learn from it, and live a little bit today. If you only remember two words from this podcast, let them be learn and believe. Learn as in learn through experience, learn from others, remain humble, open-minded, and teachable. Put yourself out there and let it all sink in. Push yourself to the edge of your comfort zone so you can expand it and grow a little more confident every day. Believe, as in believe in yourself and your ability to succeed. Believe in your intuition, especially when you have to choose between two good paths. Believe that the answers are out there waiting. Believe that life will surprise you again and again. Believe that the journey is the destination. Believe that it's all worth your while. Believe that you are confident enough to see it through. Yeah, believe. I mean, believe in one of Angel's favorite lines that she says over and over again. We learn the way on the way. Um, I mean, the brutal lessons that we learn in our lives that ultimately make them beautiful are the ones we don't expect to necessarily learn, right? The, the ones that we never assumed applied to us. Um, all of that makes us who we are, right? Every every argument, every misunderstanding, every you know journal entry we write, every conversation we had that brought us to tears. I mean, like all of that makes us who we are. All the mistakes, like the, the failed business decisions, the the I don't know the the blog post we wrote that we thought were going to be good, but no one ever even read it. No one even cared, right? That made us who we are. Um, you know, the high school relationships that ended but still made us a small piece of who we are i mean all of that like amounts to these lessons right and some of them are brutal some of them are tough some of them create heartbreak and and they're at last you know Mm -hmm. um there's even losses as we've as we mentioned right losing somebody you love i mean that makes us who we are so it's like we learn the way on the way all the compound effect of all of those experiences matter and we have to tune in and reflect on them and learn from them. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is you can't read these lessons and learn, right? You Mm-mm. can't listen to this podcast and learn the lessons, right? These are all lessons that you have to personally go through. And many of us have, right? Yeah. And that's how we are able to learn from those experiences. Yeah. And Angel and I hope, of course, that, you know, you listening to this podcast and and hearing some of these these little lessons and, and, and thoughts about life, these little self-reflections, I mean, some of it's probably very familiar to you in the sense that it's stuff that you consciously understand, but at a subconscious level, when times get busy and life gets stressful, we forget, right? And that's why these reminders are important to us and we hope to you, right? Because we need those reminders in our lives. Yeah, it's that these tough situations, we're growing through them. Um, It's not these lessons, right? These experiences are not meant to bury us, right? Mm -hmm. And keep us down, but actually help us grow um, smarter and more through, you know, our own abilities um, to move forward and take positive steps forward, even when life is tough. Yeah, even when it doesn't feel like we are moving forward. That's the reason that the self-reflection is important, right? Because... We know some of this stuff inherently, we, but we don't, sometimes when we're in the thick of it, we don't feel that progress. We don't feel like 
we've got the answers that we need to take the next step. But the truth is we do, we, and we have been, right? Our track record for getting through tough moments is 100% so far. We, we, we're inch by inch, we're getting there, um, you know? So that's what we hope uh, today's podcast reminded you of. Yeah. And if you love our our podcast and you're looking for more Market Angel content, um, you can jump over to our blog on marketangel.com and sign up for our free newsletter and be notified of um, when new blog posts are, are released and be on our email list. So go ahead and sign up there. Remember, what you think, you see, you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Think better.